Howdy, folks. It's Thursday, April 14th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with House of Writer Juliet Bennett. Ryla, how are we doing, Juliet? Very well, thank you. And this is The Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, it's definitely a top-tier first-world problem. As Airbnb has grown, so have the cleaning fees its customers have to pay. So why is this happening, and what does it look like? We are going to discuss, but before we get into that, as always, here are a few things you should know. Let's get crack All right, Juliet, what do you got? I read an interesting story in Smithsonian Magazine about using kites for energy, which I thought was pretty fun. Oh, fascinating. Flying a kite, probably one of the least defensive pastimes, but they may be a source of renewable energy. There are apparently at least 10 companies across Europe and the United States developing kites as a potential source of clean energy. There's one in Hamburg, for example, called SkySails Power. Their kites are about 180 square meters in area. They are attached to a ground station by an 800 meter tether. And they make figure eights in the sky and generate enough electricity to power about 60 homes. That's very cool. Yeah. And obviously what they're producing now is smaller than a wind turbine farm would produce. But if people really get these kites off the ground, pun intended, they would work in less windy places than traditional wind farms. And they're cheaper to make. They're cheaper to move. So could be a really good option. That's cool innovation. What else are you following? So I'm... Very sick of Elon Musk news, except for this. I feel like Elon Musk has been in the news every single day for days on end about this Twitter thing. Lots of back and forth. But what I found interesting is he is now being sued by a group of Twitter investors. Okay, why is that? So I did not know this because I am not the kind of person that can afford to buy a huge stake in a large company. But (laughs) if you do that, if you buy more than 5% stake in a company, you are required by federal law to tell the Securities and Exchange Commission within 10 days. Now, we know that Musk has a 9.2% stake in Twitter, making him its largest shareholder. But he didn't do that all at the same time. He actually started buying in January and reached the 5% mark on March 14. So in theory, he should have informed the SEC by March 24. Musk actually announced his 9.2% stake on April 4, which immediately led to a big bump in Twitter shares. So what the lawsuit is alleging is that because Musk did not tell the SEC on March 24, he had an extra 10 days to buy even more shares at a cheaper price than if the announcement had come earlier and that they, the investors, lost out on potential gains. Seems reasonable. Yeah. And experts say he may have actually pocketed an extra $156 million by not disclosing earlier, but that is basically pocket change. If you are worth $262 billion, he could be fined by the SEC. But again, he's worth $262 billion. One thing I've been following is this really interesting report about Meta's AR ambitions, so not VR, more of their AR ambitions, basically their work on AR glasses that look somewhat normal, but have very special abilities. Google Glass 2.0, if you will. So you might remember during Meta's big grand metaverse presentation last year, they showed people playing things like virtual chess but on a real table. Mm-hmm. So that was fake, but but that's what this project is. Okay. And they're dedicating an insane amount of resources to these glasses, spending billions developing the tech. They have low expectations for how many people will actually get it when it first comes out. Eventually, though, you know, they want to be selling millions and millions of pairs. Now, according to Heath, 
The goal is to ship the first version of these glasses, codenamed Azar, by 2024, with other versions following every two years after that. According to people working on the project, Zook's ego is really relying on the success of it. He wants it to be an iPhone moment, one person told Heath. But there's always a but, right? There's always a but. It's unclear how how well it's going and, you know, how well it will work out. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the teams aren't meeting their goals for the technology. They, they weigh around four times more than normal glasses. And they also only work for the first version only works for four hours at a time. That's about how long you could maybe wear a pair of glasses that weighed four times more. Right, exactly. In other news, just one thing I saw that was interesting today, Amazon said it's bringing its cashier-free checkout technology just walk out to two stores in the Houston Astros MLB Stadium Minute Maid Park. How about that? And now I think it's time to talk about something truly inspiring, cleaning fees. 100%. So it's kind of funny when you think about it, how great the pandemic was for Airbnb. For basically every other part of the travel industry, the pandemic was a disaster for a long, long time, and in many cases still is. But for Airbnb, it was really just bad for a short while, and then they really bounced back. Stock is up. And as a company, they can move into even other verticals like pool rentals, gym rentals, things like that. There are just going to be more opportunities for them. So it's looking good as a company for Airbnb. Fun fact, by the way, there are more rooms listed on Airbnb than across Marriott, Hilton, Intercontinental, Wyndham, Choice, and Hyatt combined. Wow. But despite all this, despite all this growth, there's something about Airbnb that just pisses people off. And that is this concept of cleaning fees that they've really, I think, pioneered in the short-term rental industry. And interestingly, since Airbnb was founded uh, in 2008, Google search interest for cleaning fees has gone up 212%. Wow. And now about 85% of U.S. short-term rentals have cleaning fees, as reported by the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. Some other interesting cleaning fee stats. Fees increased 9.8% between 2020 and 2021, and then another 6.6% by 2022. So they're going up a lot. And the average fee for a one-bedroom properties is $73, up from $59 in 2020. And the average fee for a five-bed coastal property is $410. (laughs) That's so much. (laughs) It's so much. So who's to blame? I mean, inflation and, right, pandemic-era kind of sanitation habits probably had a big impact. But a lot of customers just think the fees are just unreasonably high. And I know Airbnb for a while did a really poor job displaying these fees on its website. Totally. And they've, I think they've improved, but it's still not perfect. You know, the other week I was booking a place to go in Cape Cod with some friends. And we, we got a place for three nights. Probably cost a little under $850. Okay. The cleaning fee was over $300. So like 40% of the cost of the actual you know, accommodation. By the end of it, we're paying 850 for the accommodation and like 600 in fees. <laughs> and there's something that just feels off about this. Have you experienced this? I have indeed. I understand. Like, I definitely am an advocate of paying people a, a living wage to do things. But sometimes it's like several hundred dollars for something. And it's like, OK, but how dirty are people really? 
Like obviously you're going to wash all the bedding, you're going to wipe down on the surfaces, you're going to replenish things like toilet paper and soap. But what are these extra several hundred dollars for? Oh, I, I, when I'm in an Airbnb, I'm treating it way, way better than I treat my own stuff for Me sure. Me too. Me too. And bada bing, bada boom. That is it, folks. For more on The Hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web, join our newsletter at thehustle.co. Thanks to our editor, Ezra Truppiano, and executive producer, Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen, here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla. You've been listening to The Hustle Daily Show, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.